Welcome to the Isekai Pod. My name is Matt, and I am Isekai Trash. I love it so much, I watch everyone I can, and very, very rarely do I not completely love them. So come along, let me share my overflowing love for the fantastic, the wonderful, the truly impossible Isekai genre. Overlord Season 2. Still a Madhouse, still Funimation. 13 episodes from <coughs> January 10th, 2018 to April 4th, 2018. So like two and a half years between seasons on this one. Which is which is why I picked up the light novels after season one because I was so in. I wanted to know what happened. And the light novels are uh, hardcover here. It's great. They're beautiful light novels. Beautifully done by, uh, I believe, Yen Press. Way to go. Um, I needed to know what would happen next, so I got I got ahead of the story a bit uh, before. I didn't know season two was ever going to come, you know? I, I worried, because two and a half years between seasons at this point. I had the luxury of never being introduced to Isekai until you told me, hey, you should watch this. And, th- I mean, this anime at this point is like, what, seven years old or whatever? Yep. And uh, so I got to just binge watch yeah, all three seasons. which is great. It's a great way to do it. Yep. Um, I, I was nervous and a lot of anxiety about wondering if a season two would ever come. And so um, it did. It did come. Two and a half years later, we got uh, season two. Uh, still still based on the light novels by um, uh, Kugane Maruyama. Uh, so we pick up the story with uh, the prologue from the books, um, which has the... We're in the slain theocracy, and the captain of the Black Scripture is discussing the magic caster Ein's Gone, that messed up one of his elite squads uh, back in when he fought with uh, Gazif, Gazif, whatever. Um, season one. And they're talking about the vampire that attacked and killed two scripture members as well. Uh, so they're like, some crazy stuff's going on. And Zeshi, which is one of the, um, she's either black scripture or former black scripture. And she's she's just excited she is excited about a powerful person existing in this world. And she wants to have Heinz as babies, which is super wild. But uh, definitely, definitely happened. She was definitely like, ooh, you know, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if he's strong. Uh, I want to have his kids. Um, my heads, I think my headphones are going out. doesn't matter. Um, still picking up, so it's all good. Um, but yeah, she's talking about she wants, she wants, to, she wants that, she wants that uh, skeleton D. Uh, they don't know he's a skeleton, though, so it's fine. Uh, in another location, we get uh, Regret, who is one of the original 13 heroes, apparently. And that's not really... We don't really know that in the anime, but... Um, they never go into it that's in the a, anime. That's apparently what it was. Regret is talking to the Platinum Dragon Lord, and uh, Regret is apparently one of the original 13 heroes we hear about from time to time. And she's talking to the Platinum Dragon Lord, and they're like, uh, there may be another powerful player from Yggdrasil here. And you're like, what? Because they're talking about Ainz. Yeah. They're but another Yggdrasil player. Another Yggdrasil player, which makes you think or wonder that um, other Yggdrasil players get transported into this world at different points in time. Matt brought this up to us. Um, it's never discussed in the anime. The other, other than this in passing in this episode one. Yeah, and in the books, this is just a prologue. So, I mean, we're getting teased that perhaps uh, other Yggdrasil players had been transported, but in different timelines, because the 13 original heroes are, are legendary. They're not 
It's not like they just did their thing and everybody's like, oh, they're cool. They did their thing and are part of legend. So many, I would assume hundreds of years have passed since the 13 original heroes, but Regret's still there, so I don't know what her deal is. She's still alive, but whatever. <laughs> um, so we go from that little teaser into uh, Gazif talking to the king and the others about their annual war with the Baharuth Empire, which is, it's wild that they, they just meet annually every year on the Cat's Plains uh, to fight to this, slug it out. To stupid war for a little bit, and then they stop. It's it's so dumb. Like, I mean, not dumb as the story, but like, if this were a real place, a real kingdom and a real empire, it's really dumb that they would just fight every year, like as an annual f- they hate each other. Like, it's a real war, but they just do it once a year because they don't have the people to commit to, <laughs> to just warring all the time and finishing this thing. So they well, just, they have skirmishes every year. Good times. Yeah, and the king always sends, like, 60,000 well-trained troops, whereas the empire always sends, like, a conscripted army. What's the other way around? The kingdom's conscripted and the, the Baharuth Empire has Is it well-trained troops, yeah. Are you sure? Yep. You're sure about that? Positive. Okay. You've seen it more than I have, so you're absolutely positive. We'll defer to, we'll defer to Matt because he's very likely right. We he's also right. meet Princess Renner, <laughs> who is a psycho, and Climb, her attendant. Because she saved Climb. He's in the gutters as a child, you know, hungry, poor, being rained on. And she just happened by him and was like, oh, come with me. And so he's her pet. Good times. Super weird. Um Eins finishes a, a random job as Momon and goes back to Nazarek to make a map of the world thus far. Uh, they've got a decoy Nazarek being overseen by Aura. Aura. Uh, they've had one built just as like a decoy. He's super cautious, overly cautious in this world. He's, 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 he's the supreme overlord, easily. But he's still acting like maybe there's other players, maybe they can hurt him. So he's making a decoy Nazarek. Um, there's a talking wristwatch. That he gives Aura, and it's it has the voice of her creator, who was a, a voice actor in the real world, and uh, she, you know, it, funny, funny stuff happening because he remembers a conversation he had with her brother, who was also one of the supreme beings, as it were, um, Lady Buku Buka Shigama. Yeah, bubbling teapot. What uh, a weird name. Yeah, and they, uh, they're, they're ta- they, as an aside, they were. He remembers a conversation where uh, her brother wanted to pick up this um, dating sim, or you know kind of like a hentai thing but the main female's voice was his sister and he's like i can't i can't get into it because <laughs> my sister is the voice uh, it's, it's pretty funny it kind of humanizes everybody um we also see the first episode is really just getting into like various nonsense into the, into the meat of season two yeah we see shaltier drinking herself into a stupor at the bar in nazarene because she's still super upset that she did a thing that she doesn't remember doing but and the other guardian said her punishment for um going against lauren's eyes should be our lord ein should be death yeah so they'd spent 500 million gold to resurrect her and all the other guardians are like well you should kill her yeah we meet uh we meet eclair Who's a stupid little penguin-looking dude who wants to usurp Ayn's uh, power? We find that out at some point, and no one, no one cares, because that's just the way he was created. And so they're like, "It's fine." They're all, they all understand that the the supreme beings created them, and they created them in certain ways. And whoever created Eclair created him to 
always talk about taking over the tomb of Nazareth, even though he cannot. And there's so nobody, nobody, the other Demiurge meets him at one point and he talks about it and he's like, yeah, fine, whatever. And, and Demiurge's character would generally kill anyone that talked about taking over. Usurping. Yeah. But he knows that that's just how he was Declare created. Has and he's no like, chance. that's fine. Yeah. That's how you were created. You're it's, acting as you were created, so you're fine. It's a legit penguin, you guys. Is it's it, and he's carried around. It's so dumb. He's a he's a real penguin, like real to this world. He poses no threat at all. In fact, what's Eclair's role in the the? He's a butler. Too many He's a yeah. butler. He's yeah, a butler. Yeah, normal butler. Stupid as hell. <laughs> but at the end of the episode, Kokaitis is sent to declare war on the lizard men, and thus begins the lizard men arc, which is short. Thank God. It takes almost an entire volume of the light novel, and, and it, it, it it scared me. Because it, it was... I mean, knowing what we know, I, we, we get a lot of backstory on these lizard men and their daily life and how they've survived and what they've done and their different tribes, and you're just like, who cares? You're gonna die. Stop fleshing out these idiot characters. But anyway, that's we, we get into it. There's like four episodes, maybe five episodes, where the lizard men have see this dark omen, um, which is the foretelling of Lord Ains. Um And Lord Ains wants to send somebody out to go defeat the lizard men to create some more powerful warriors um, for the tomb of Nazarick. So for these four episodes, it's um, one tribe of the lizard men going out to the other tribes of the lizard men to try and create uh, a, <clears throat> an alliance of all of the lizard men tribes to defeat um, Lord Ains, or at least stand against him. Um, so it's epi- one episode going to one tribe, another episode going to another tribe, another episode going to another tribe. Uh, in between those episodes, one lizard man fucks an albino lizard woman <laughs> um, <clears throat> before they get in their big final confrontation with um, Lord Ains. I do want to note that when um, Zaryasu goes to meet with the Dragon Tusk uh, tribe, and he fights Zenbaru. After beating Zenbaru, uh, they they have like a little party because that's what they're into. And they get drunk. They they get they get hella drunk. They get wicked drunk. But what's not discussed in the anime, which is discussed in the books, is that the the, the basically the the cask that they get their wine from is a magical item that never runs out of wine. So it's it's inconsequential. But I think that's a fun little tidbit to have. Is is they're drinking and they get drunk, but they're getting drunk from the dragon tusks treasure their treasure is this cask that never runs out of wine which sort of explains the dragon tusk clan in a nutshell and that's why they don't get involved because they're just drunk all the time yeah they just love it i just thought that was fun but they are one of the strongest clans yeah yeah and he only defeats the guy from the Dragon Tusk clan because he has this um ice sword relic or whatever yeah frost pain frost pain yeah so um, Ainz shows up to the um, now gathered front of the combined might of the lizard men. And um, if I remember correctly, doesn't he just freeze the water that they're all standing in so they can't move or electrify it? Or yes. Something like that and just kills swaths of them. Well, uh, Ainz doesn't do much. He, he shows up, he freezes the lake, he has Gargantuan throw the rock, and then they all stand on top. Zaryusu and his brother... Uh, come out oh yeah <laughs> and he's uh... like he's like you're gonna and they're like we bow to you we we give up you're clearly more powerful and he's like that's not fun i don't like that don't you're gonna have to fight kokaitis and they're like but we don't 
we don't want to. We want to. We want to just surrender. It's, you could kill us all easily. Clearly, you can control the weather. That blows our freaking minds. So we're good. We're good. We're we're good. Nines is like, nope, not acceptable. Um, you're gonna have to fight Kokaitis. Uh, it's <laughs> like, like four of them versus Kokaitis. Yeah, like yeah. Um, and 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 in the books, you get into more of like their their deals. The different tribe leaders. The one who's in this weird armor. The armor makes him super powerful, but makes him like retarded. And that's he's why got his tongue hanging out of his mouth, yeah. all the time, and he right? can't talk right because yeah. of, and it's because of the armor. Like, and I don't think we really get into that in the anime, but it, the armor is their treasure. It looks like uh, the Pokemon Cubone would look if yeah. it was on a lizard. He's yeah, got it's like great. the skull on top of his head, and it's super fun. But yeah. that is its effect: is that it makes you a super powerful warrior, but also retarded, <laughs> makes you dumb as hell. <laughs> and so they know that, and they know they give it to the chief, their tribe. The chief always has it. And they they don't usurp the chief when he becomes retarded because they know it's because of the armor. <laughs> but <laughs> they could because he's retarded. <laughs> but they kind of just help him out. But yeah, Ayn sits on Shaltier. Oh, yeah, as part of her punishment. Fun, fun little thing. Which she well, because, actually enjoys immensely. You get the uh, little yeah. red blushy under the eye thing. And it's because Demiurge has had a uh, throne made for him out of clearly human bones. Yeah. <laughs> And I'm just like, I'm not going to sit on that. You know what? Big idea. Punishment time. Here's I'm going to sit on Shaltier. Now Beta loses her mind because she'd love to be sat on. She'd love to be touched in any way by Heinz. <laughs> anyway, you know, Kokaitis goes out, fights fights the four um, chiefs, basically. Um, Crush is back there casting support magic. You know, they get Kokaitis murders them good times he's like you're you're strong warriors uh, i respect you you're terrible at this but i respect your resolve and a deal is struck between eins and the lizard men who um agree to um subdue to him and then eins resurrects uh the one that fucked the albino sorry also, yeah yeah um which made him a couple levels um, weaker and pretty stupid and the albino one's going to nurse him back to health but in the meantime they're all now enslaved by the tomb of Nazareth, and-, and they're all good with it yeah they're perfectly they're perfectly fine with it because Ayn's promises that any 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 people under his domain would prosper mm-hmm. you know he's like I'm, I'll take care of you no big deal so don't be stupid but then we get into probably the best story arc which is Sebus in the capital it and the re really, really capital. Good. Yeah, it was really, really good. Buying magic scrolls, you know, doing more research for Ainz, doing his thing, and, you know, espionage type stuff. Not really espionage, but, you know, he's, he's playing a part. Intel gathering. Gathering intel. Uh, comes across um, this girl with this bag being thrown out on the street, disposed of. And it's a, it's a girl, and he's like, what's going on here? And dude's like, mind your own business, old man. Uh, nothing to see here. And she's all, she is all wrecked. She is super wrecked. She is wrecked with STDs. Yep. She's been beat on. She's on the doorstep of death. Fatty McFat Fat, yeah. And um, Sebus picks this girl up. Because and, he was created by Touch Me and his yeah, sense of justice. And his sense of justice. And um, just wails on this big fat brothel. Well, oh, that's later. Is it later? That's later. Damn. He tell he gives this guy money and is like escape. Oh, Bizer. Yeah. 
Yeah. And he's like, but if you take her, the eight fingers will come and it's not going to be good. And he's like, well, then here's some money. <gasps> you escape. The eight fingers. Yeah. This is this is the oh, eight yeah. fingers. Yeah. Six arms and eight fingers. Yeah. Yeah. And he takes he takes her, takes her back. Solution is there, and she's like, What are you doing? This oh my gosh, is guys. Not okay. You can you can pretty much skip uh well not the first episode, but then the four episodes after <laughs> that and get into this the, the six arms and eight fingers because this is fantastic. Blow art. through them. Watch okay. them, but blow through them. You have them on in the background while you're doing something else. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so he just, he decides to help her. He has Solution Healer, and you know, because Solution is Which a battle mage. She's got the magic. Solution greatly, greatly is upset about. She doesn't believe that she should waste her talent or Seba should be wasting his time on this human filth. This is a running theme through all of the battle maidens and everybody in the Tuman Ezeric. They hate humans. Yeah. Humans are below them. Insects. Yeah, they are. Ants. So Solution doesn't believe that she should be wasting her time, that Seba shouldn't be wasting her time, because it's not what they were ordered to do. Yeah, and so, you know, that whole thing's happening. Solution now thinks she's she's wary of Sebus. She's like, um... Yeah, Especially like, after his order to solution to not contact Lord Ein. Yeah. It's like he doesn't need to be bothered by this. Yeah, this is this, this is beneath is, him. This is none of his business. This which is, this is nothing. This is a side thing I'm doing. Don't worry about it. No big deal. And Solution believes that Sebus is now Rebelled, yeah. rebelling against Lord Ein's. So we meet we 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 flash over and we meet a couple of the blue roses destroying some illegal crops. So we see that the blue roses are are in league with Princess Renner. Renair, whatever, mm-hmm. to, you know, get the kingdom back on track because the Eight Fingers are an underground kind of mob type deal. They're they're selling this nasty narcotic that gets people addicted, and then yep. you know Princess Renner has the Blue Roses doing some some work for her to to kind of stop this shit. God, I forgot all about this art. Um, so and then we we see um the Eight Fingers meeting. Uh, Zero is there, the head of Six Arms, which is their like enforcer group, basically. They're they're BA warriors. Um, and Coco Doll, the the owner of the brothel, is like, um, and the head of the slave department. Yep. This dude took a took a girl. I'm gonna need some help getting her back. Yeah, and she's, Zero's she's my like, property. Zero's like, we can help you. You know, no problem. Six Arms can take care of this for you, buddy. So he sends succulent. Gross. Um. Pop over, climb, sparring with Gazif, whatever. Yeah, climb's limited by his talent. Princess Renair meets What's with the Blue Roses. What's Climb's talent? No, he, he doesn't have any. That's, oh, okay. that's his deal. He's limited by his his lack of lack talent. of talent. Yeah, he can. You know, Gazif knows that he can only go as far as like gold rank. He'll never be any stronger than that. Just it, you're you're born with it or you're not in this world. Humans, anyway. You're either you either got it or you don't got it. And if you don't got it, you can work hard, but you're going to hit a ceiling. You're going to hit a ceiling as to what you can do. Um, we pop over and we see uh, Princess Renair meeting with the Blue Rose leader, Lachius. Uh, they talk about taking out Eight Fingers. They got locations that they they got from their narcotics uh, destruction. And they're like, okay, so we've got some locations here. Princess Renner, super smart, deciphers the code. And she's like, these are locations. Okay, cool. Um, meanwhile, Succulent and uh, Fatty McFatFat, um, <laughs> Constable uh, Staffin, uh, Havish visits Sebus and demands compensation. They know it was him. I mean, you know, some old butler dude. They know Stephen who he is. Havish, yeah. They come out and they're like, uh, we're going to need uh, compensation for the girl. Uh, you could give us that, your your lady. And Sebus is like, 
Okay. <laughs> no, not happening, but okay. Well, they give them two days to think about they it. They do. They do. They're like, you know what? You got two days. You got two days. Don't rush into this. We'll yeah. give you two days to think about it. Think hard. Yep. Think hard, because bad things happen. I'm the constable, Fatty McFat Fat. Uh, it's not going to go well for you if you refuse. But, you know, Sebus, you know, being Sebus is like, I'm going to go for a walk. <laughs> Clear my mind. Uh, and at that point, he leaves and Solution rats him out to Heinz. Yep. She she says, uh, Sebus may be um, rebelling. You should you should probably rein this in. Yeah. You're going to need to step in, buddy. What's the walk that Sebus goes on? Oh, you know, he goes on a walk. 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 Um, uh, we see Climb uh, also wandering around. Oh, no. we Climb goes to an inn where he meets Gagaran, who's uh, joking about b- boning Climb all the time. She's always trying to get him to bone, but in like a joking manner. Gagaran and Evil Eye, they are two two members of the Blue Rose. Yes. Yes. and We e- didn't name them, but Gagaran and Evil Eye. Evil Eye is the caster. And they are, they, Blue Rose is another adamantite rank yep. adventure team adventure in the kingdom. Team. They're actually pretty badass, all of them. And they're talking about uh, Darkness, which is Momon and Nabe and, and, and their exploits and how they became adamantite rank. And Gargaron's like, that's impressive. That's really, really impressive. I don't think I could fight those things they fought because they're talking about things they fought, a basilisk and things like that. And she's like, uh, that's, um, yeah, no, they're, they're adamantite rank for sure if they did that. For sure, I would have a hard time. And Climb's like, really? You would? And she's like, oh, yeah. Uh, those things are no joke, buddy. <laughs> if they beat one of those, if they did it, that's, uh, whew, they're stronger than us. Um, Brain running errands. He comes across some drunks assaulting a boy. Douchebags in this kingdom, I swear to God. Um, Climb also shows up and is like, I should step in. I'm, I'm a soldier and uh, we're supposed to protect people. But before he can do anything, Brain sees Sebus do some, like, really fast walking stuff into the crowd and uh, save the boy and tell the dudes to back back the F up. Stop being weird. Get away from this boy and whatnot. Climb rushes in, gives the boy a potion, but then says, you know, um, somebody else take care of this kid. And he follows Sebus because he's like, this dude is strong. Maybe he could teach me to yep, be strong. Me, I want to be awesome I too. To be I strong. need to help protect the people. I need to be strong. Climb is motivated, but Brain is also like, I'm gonna follow along too because this dude's not real. Um, so they're following, and some ruffians show up to assassinate Sebus. Sent by succulent. So these aren't yeah. just like regular ruffians. These are like. Hired thugs from from the eight figures. Yeah, and Sebus is training Climb a little bit. He's like, "What do you want? Why do you want to be stronger?" And he's like, I'll "Protect people." And he's like, "That's pretty good. That's so, pretty noble of you." Uh, I'll give you one training, and that's uh, you're gonna withstand the fear of death right now. <laughs> he's like, "If you don't, if you don't, if you can't overcome the fear of death that's about to come at you, you will die." And so he he goes to punch him, and like Climb is is buckling under the fear of death and remembers that he wants to protect Princess Renner is able to move his head slightly and get miss, you know, and, and miss getting his head knocked right the right the F off. And Brain is watching from, you know, this from behind a building and is like, he was crushed too by the, you know, the, the you know, the the killing intent, as it were. And he's like, Ooh. so he comes out and then those those ruffians show up and uh, Sebus is like, oh, you know, this will be good training too. <laughs> He's like, you guys take those guys. And so Sebus, you know, takes care of the ones that <laughs> he decided to fight and then circles back around and watches uh, Brain and Climb Brain and take and Climb on the other ones. Mani- well, manage theirs, not very, not without scrapes and bruises and 
yeah getting their asses whooped a little bit but and they're like what are you up to and he's like well there's this brothel that um i'm gonna go check out and climbs like i'm a soldier i i need to help you with this these guys are not okay they are not okay and this is not what the kingdom's about i'm gonna help and and sebas is like ah you know okay but you suck <laughs> and brain's <laughs> like yeah you probably i'm gonna come too um but climb come on man <laughs> this is not really your place with this brothel, was this the hidden brothel? Yeah, I that mean, was this the, is... The one that was not located on the coordinates that Princess Renner had? Yeah. Renee, Renner, Renner, whatever her Renner, name is. Yeah, I think. Uh, but yeah, yeah. <clears throat> so it's brothel time, baby. Yeah. Oh, and this is God, where... Uh, it's so good. It is so good because Stavish, McFatty, Fat, Fat, Havish, Stavish, what did I call him? I call him Stavish, but it's, it's Staffin Havish. Yeah. He's beating a prostitute, just giving her the what for. And that's what gets him off, gross, fat sack of garbage. In the act of coitus, by the <sighs> yeah, way. Yeah, so he gross. He is beating on this, on this prostitute. And Sebus comes in and, and gives him a slap. And he's like, no, no, that's not fun. Do you know who I am? Slap, slap, slap. He gives him some really powerful slaps, real good stuff. And, um, you know, uh, Havish, Fatty McFat Fat, wanders out yelling for guards. Uh, Sebus kills him. Good times. Brain and climb. Uh, I feel like he kills him relative with the relative ease. Too. Oh yeah, oh yeah. But you know, not before giving him some good powerful smacks about his face. Oh, so good. Made him made him swell up immediately. Good times. Concludes he is unworthy of life and kicks him in half. Oh yeah, it's yeah. fierce. Yeah, f it that gets... dude though, for real. F that dude. Yeah. Ugh. What a. I forgot about that. I, for I remembered Clementine garbage. getting crushed to death, but I forgot about the constable getting kicked in half. Now, thank God though. Ugh, gross. Um, brain and climb, wandering around. Uh, brain separates from climb to go on and 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 look, and then just so happens Coco Doll and Succulent uh, hop out of a secret passage. Secret passage in the storage area underneath the brothel. Yeah. Uh, Sebus went through the front door. Yeah. Uh, climb and Brain went through the the side entrance where the storage was. Took the door. Off. Yeah. Sebus <laughs> <laughs> is. Uh, is not very subtle. No. <laughs> at all. No, he's like, I'm here and uh, I'm doing things. Um, oh, man. Succulent fights Climb. Climb. Cocodal wants him to take Climb because he knows that Climb is, is attendant to Princess Renair. And he's like, this will be a bargaining chip. And, and Succulent's like, I mean, if we have time, but we need to get out of here. Yep. That's what we are doing, idiot. And, and Succulent Cocodal's has his like, badass. Come on, Succulent, aren't you good enough? Let's do this thing. Succulent has this badass illusion magic that yeah. it uses to um, not to strike at the enemy from where he isn't. Yeah, it's really really cool. I guess it's probably his talent is is this illusion magic that he's or he's just a magic caster. Either way, he's a pretty badass assassin. Yeah, is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, but it, the the reality is he's part of Six Arms, but he's probably the weakest member of Six Arms even with his little illusions and stuff, because he's not actually that strong of a warrior. He just uses illusions to sneak attack. So the weakest member of Six Arms. Um, yeah, he fights Climb. Climb uh, gets a little beat up. Yep. Brain gets, comes in to save the gets day. Gets a little beat up. Brain comes in. Um, gets his god slash zone power going, and that's how he defeats Succulent's um, illusion magic. Yep. Defeats the illusion magic. Um, uh, I think Succulent gets away with Cocodal, though, right? Uh, Coco Doll gets away absolutely. I 
Succulent does too because later Succulent is dressed as Tuare cross-dressing. Yep, that's right. In the thing. So. And that's later on. Yep. And they go their separate ways. Sebas is informed that Ainz is waiting for him in the next room when he gets back to the to the you know, mansion. To or the mansion place. that they've rented out while, while they were doing recon. And so he's nervous and six arms, or no, zero gathers the remaining six arms to kill Sebas, Brain, and Climb. And then uh, we, we pop on to see uh, Ainz, uh, you know, Giving Sebus what for? Like, uh, oh, here I am. Do you have anything you want to tell me? Like, what if, what are you doing? What's uh what's happening? Why am I here? What the what the hell, man? See, I really like this about um Eins, this this particular moment between Eins and Sebus, because um Eins has always wanted to test their the personality and the resolve and the ability of his underlings to work on their own, mm-hmm. to grow as um characters in in this world and in this episode was since we're talking about it now um as he's giving sebus what for he informs or he orders sebus to to kill um what's your name tuare tuare and um to prove that he's not betrayed eins and i think sebus is getting ready to do so oh he does it he does it he gets blocked by kokaitis which was always the plan like he was going to kill her. Yeah, he, he was going he to snap her head with off. a force with a force that would have killed her. Mm-hmm. And Kakaida steps in, and Ainz asks Kakaida, "Was that punch strong enough to yeah, kill her? Would he have? Would that would that have killed her?" And Kakaida is like, "Oh yeah, absolutely." Yeah, and it, I, this was a really great growing point for Ainz too, because he had finally come to see the fruition of of his at what at were one point NPCs um, make their own decisions yep. um, and be better people. But still follow orders. And Demiurge is there, too. and he's Yeah, like, Demiurge is there as well. And Ainz is like, you've seen what you've seen. Do you think that Sebus has betrayed us? And he's like, oh, no. No, no I think you're right. Good. I think it's fine. Yeah, he's good. And, it was uh, a great moment. Yeah, and then he asked, Ainz asked uh, Tuare's name, her full name, and realizes that she's the sister of that adventure of Swords of Darkness mm-hmm. that he got her diary and whatnot, which helps, I guess. And that was her sister that she was, why she was an adventurer to save her sister. To save her sister, get her out of the brothel. And he felt like he owed her one. And so Sebas is like, I'd like for her to become a maid in Nazarick. Um, That would be, you know, what I would want. And Ainz is like, yeah, that's fine. (laughs) Not before being like, well, what what is her purpose? What could she possibly do? Well, she can cook, what, human food? Human food? That's Gross. that's great. <laughs> Who's that good for? But he, you see a little soft spot in she his heart. Learn. Yeah. You see a little soft spot in Ainz's heart. And he, he acquiesces and agrees that, yes, she can come back um, to the tomb and, and be a maid. And, but also in that vein, he tells the guardians that she has his protection. Yes. She is not his, to be messed yeah, with. Her personal, his personal protection. She's to be trained as a maid as much as she can be as a human and they're not to mess with her because she is under the protection of Ein Zul Gone, which mm. comes into play when later oh there's there's like Princess Renner and the Blue Rose discussing the, the raid Rose, on yep. the eight fingers. The raid on the eight fingers. Marky Raven and Prince Xanax show up. Uh Princess Renner's a total psycho. We learn that fully We cannot stress this enough. She has a psycho side to her that she never shows out in public um, to anybody. To everyone else, she is an unassuming little print. Well, Marquise Raven knows that she is psycho and is expecting to see psycho Princess Renner. He saw it one time in his past and was like, 
oh, okay, she's a psycho. And yep. then he gets her to show that side again uh, for him. And he's like, <laughs> okay, then. <laughs> Ooh, that's terrifying. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, so that they have their little conversation. Yeah, after a uh, mild topic of Renner's true persona. Yes. Yeah, that's what we were just talking about. Yep. Sebus and uh, and and um, Solution were out running some errands. They come back to find that uh, Tuare's gone. She's been kidnapped by six arms, and they've left a note saying, uh, "Come, come get her. Come get her from here." Which is bad news for six arms. Yeah, it's bad news for as, six arms as for we, sure. As they, as Sebus. Um, dun, now dun, is dun. driven with purpose to go just totally demolish six arms, who, which he probably didn't even care about before no. they before they captured Tuare. Yeah, he was he was ready to go back. He was to ready the to go back to the Nazareth with with, with his new, yeah with his new maiden training. But um, him and the Blue Roses then devise a plan to go and and attack them. Right. Well, no, yeah, I mean Princess Renner has devised. You know, there's eight locations, I think, that they're going to raid all at the same yeah, time. Yeah, same time. And so it just so happens that Brain and Climb are going with um, Lockmire, who's an adventurer, and Marky Raven's um, employee, uh, former adventurer, because now he works for Marky Raven, Mithril Rank. Um, they're going to the place where Sebus is going. So they're, they're, they're all worried, right, because the Blue Roses have split up. Everyone has split up to go to these different locations, mm-hmm. and they're like, okay, our best hope is that there's one six arms at every location. Our worst case scenario is that they're all in one location. And so like maybe seven of the raids go really well. And one of them goes really poorly. <laughs> and it turns out, yeah, they're all at this one location, but as they're about to go in, they see Sebus just walking right up to the gate. Like, here we go, champ. And they, they come out and they're like, Let's Hey, go, Hey, champ. Sebus. Hey, Hey buddy. Hey, well, what what are you doing here? We're about to do a raid thing, and he's like, "Oh, I'm, I've got business here. They kidnapped a person uh, that I'm, you know, fond of. Whatever. I got to go get her back." I forgot about that moment. This was one of the locations they had planned to hit. Yeah, and did not expect Sebus to yeah. walk up. And he's just walking and up to the gate. Just he's just walking like, up. I'm here now, so I don't know what you're doing, but I'm going to do a thing. But I have business here, right? If you really want to help, quick. that's fine. Um, help me find Tuare. You do that. I'm going to go beat up six arms. It's going to be great. And they're like, oh, they're all here? And he's like, yeah, no, it's it's fine, though. I'm. You guys go find Tuare. Go snooping around. Do a little stealthy nonsense. And I feel like... Oh, yeah, no, the, a, a big, big portion is is when they get back to the to the mansion. Sebus is like, I'm going to go get Tuare back. And Solution's like, uh, do you remember that Lord Ein's... We should tell Lord Ines. And he's like, no, I'll go do it. And she's like, um, I think you're forgetting that Lord, I- Lord Ines staked his name on her protection. And he's like, oh, right. Yeah. So tell Lord Ines. And but so, he's preoccupied at the moment. He's off doing. He's doing adventure stuff. He's doing adventure Momon stuff. But Demiurge shows up with, you know, he he tells Albedo to give reinforcements. She sends Demiurge and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And so Sebus goes to rescue Tuare. <laughs> Demiurge is like, we're going to hatch a different kind of plan. Sebus has that thing under control. No problem. So we're going to do this other thing. It's going to be great, guys. It's going to be super great. Here's what we're doing. Don't kill this one person, but everyone else. Let's go, champ. And so Sebus goes, kills the crap out of six arms. And in a, in a most spectacular fashion, too. Beautiful. They all take their turns, like, one at a time, attacking Sebus. Yeah, he's until like knocking their heads off. <laughs> the first two lose their heads, yeah. popped <laughs> right off. 
And then they're like, oh, crap, this isn't. And so they all attack him all at once. Yeah. And they all die. And they all die. Every single one of them dies. Except for Zero, the leader who's not there. He's he's there, but not there to intercept Sebus because they all assumed they would be enough. They would be enough in any other situation. If the raid had happened without Sebus, the raid would have failed. Yes. That 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 location. location, Yeah. Would have been wiped out. Hardcore fail. Yep. Um, Yeah. It would have been a disaster, but that's just, it's just a fantastic fight scene between Sebus and Jesus. A and ton happens in this episode. Just yeah, one there's episode. A lot. Like Sebus defeats Six so Arms so fast too. Rescues Tuare, defeats the leader Zero. So Six Arms is done. They're dismantled. Done. Yep. Um, and that's oh my god. No, it's still in the same episode. This... We've got Mare at the the mansion of one of Eight Fingers leaders, one of the council board members, whatever the. Whatever oh my god yeah jesus christ uh, mare uh does that you know you're coming with us breaks her legs drags her off and toma's there this insect person from nazarick she's uh she's outside chomping on an arm and gagarun shows up with uh one of the ninjas tia and they think that she's a part of eight fingers they think Antoma's part of eight fingers because she's chomping in a human arm clearly not cool clearly evil so they fight Oh, we're getting into Operation Gehenna. No, I mean, it's the same damn episode. It is, yeah. You're right. It is the same damn episode. Uh, they Jesus fight. Christ. Uh, Gagarin and Tia are are getting whooped, and then Evil Eye shows up and uh, puts puts a little bit of a whooping down on Entoma. Because Evil Eye has created this spell um, to repel insects. It's yeah. fucking weird. Yeah. Like, Evil Eye's one specialty spell is a spell to fuck up insects. Yeah, spoiler alert, Evil Eye is an undead. I mean, it, so it is Evil Eye's undead? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, nope. Well, I mean, I don't think the Blue Roses even know that. Oh. She wears that mask because yeah, she she's wears undead. That. Oh, okay. Yeah. Never seen They her might without know it. that, but nobody else knows nobody that. Nobody ever yeah. talks about it. Yeah. Yeah, as far as anybody knows, she's just Evil Eye, a magic caster who's really powerful. She's and powerful because she, she's is an undead. Act, she is actually pretty powerful for a magic caster compared to... Yeah, because she's not human. Yeah, there, there is that. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and then uh, Yaldoboeth shows up. Demiurge. Demiurge. Okay, so... And his alter ego for this plan, yep, his for operation. This, for this Operation Gehenna, which is to um, advance the reputation of Momon in the capital city. Yep. He kills uh, Gagaron and Tia. Just with a f- out. wall of fire and he apologizes to evil eye because he's like i did not think that level of spell would kill them uh, i thought they were at least as powerful as you <laughs> and evil eye's like <laughs> what her friends are dead um <laughs> yeah and so she's about to fight yaldaboeth and then it's drops- sad because this is a- another group of adventurers like the swords of darkness yeah. and then you get the blue rose who you've grown to love for a couple episodes but Lachius resurrects Gagaran and Tia. So. But just just for them to die again. Oh yeah, oh yeah. And then uh, dropping from the sky is Momon. So you go back and forth with this anime of all, all the good things Ainz does. Yeah. Does it outweigh all the bad things Ainz <laughs> does? But but you love it because that's what this protagonist. He's overpowered. He's trying to advance his kingdom and his name. So you take the good with the bad, um, and. You know, the only way Momon is going to get recognition is fighting off this demon, Jadbal, Jad, what's his name? Yaldaboeth. Yaldaboeth. Yaldabaeth, I think. And in order for that to happen, to make an omelet, you have to break a few eggs. Yeah, you know what? Thanks. Um, 
Back up here at the top. Thanks, Kugane Maruyama, for all the weird freaking names you threw in here. You just you're just outdoing yourself all the time with the names. Um, but yeah, so Momon helps Evil Eye mm-hmm. fight to defeat Jalda both Demiurge. Good times. Uh, they fight to a draw, basically not really a draw, but Demiurge is like, I'm out. Um, I'm gonna go do a thing. Let me give you some information. And Evil's like, This is amazing. He's getting all this information from him, basically doing nothing. What an incredible person! And Evil Eye falls. For Evil Mulan. Eye falls in love with him. She wants. She wants the skeleton D as well. Which she could probably easily handle since she's undead. Yes, she could get that D that doesn't exist. <laughs> that doesn't exist. The non-existent D. Yep. Um, Damn, that was wow. Evil Eye's undead. Yeah, they. Well, yeah, uh, Blew they. My mind. They form uh, Princess Renner forms an adventure coalition to fight because the, the 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 giant wall of fire appears, and clearly some something's afoot, and so um, all the adventurers gather together. The Blue Roses. And uh, Evil Eye's in there really just sucking the D of Momon about how bad how bad he is, how awesome he is, and how we have nothing to fear. Momon's on our side. I saw him fight on equal terms with Yaldabaoth. He's, the, he's, he's, he's hot poop in a champagne glass. It's going to be amazing. Do not fear, everyone. He's, he's the best, and I want him inside me. Um, and so, you know, they fight. It's beautiful. This wonderful plan happening. Uh, the Pleiades come out. They got to fight Evil Eye and Nabe. <laughs> Evil Eye goes off with a one. I forgot about that. How the Blue Roses had to fight a member or the Pleiades while um, Momon was fighting Jaldaboeth. Yeah, and uh, Nabe goes and like she's just chatting with her sisters because she's part of the Pleiades. So she like wanders into a building and they're like, "So this is fun, right?" She's like, "Yeah." And then the Pleiades are like, "All right, we're gonna have to rough you up a little." She's like, yeah, "It's fine. That's." But we have to do. We do what we have to do as we're ordered. <laughs> and um, there's also this part that I slipped up earlier when we we're talking about episode one. Oh yeah, where Brain gets in a fight with um, a disguised Shaltier. Yeah, but he knows his, it's Shaltier. Yeah, uses his God Flash and actually chips a nail because she's not full vamped out. Yep, and, and he's excited about that. Yeah, because he was able to damage the guardian of the first through third floors. Who was but her job is not to kill him today and so she's like this is a distraction and he gets away and she's like that's fine that's none fine. of this matters i'm supposed yeah. to be doing a different thing <laughs> yeah. i don't what your deal was why you came and even tried to fight me what i and just provoking death at this point bear in well. mind this is all to advance momon's name yeah the, a lot of people die and get sacrificed <laughs> a lot of people to advance momon's name it's yep. insane God, these episodes were bang, bang, bang. I know, and so much happens. So, like, Ainz and Demiurge fight, and, um, you know, obviously, Momon, you know, quote, end quote, wins. Demiurge buggers off. Uh, the Wall of Fire comes down. We see elsewhere, Aura, Aura, whatever, has captured the rest of the leaders of Eight Fingers, and they're around their little table. Oh, no, they're around the table, and Aura comes in and, and is like, well, we control you now. Um, you guys answer to us. And uh, Hilma is there, the one that had her legs broken and dragged off, and she is uh, freaking out. She's like, uh, "I'm good though, right? Like, I'm, everything. I'm I'm on your side now. Like, everything's cool." <laughs> and you find out that she had um, been tortured by the cockroach dude, uh, which means that Mare and Aura had the cockroach dude like have his family of cockroaches eat her from the inside out a bunch of times, and then restored her with magic, restored healed her, her back to life. Yeah. 
and had to meet her out again from the inside. So she has a lot of PTSD, a ton of PTSD. And she's like, I can help. Whatever I can do, these guys will obey you. It's fine. We can make this happen. The torture is not pleasant. Yeah. And so they're like, that's fine. Yeah, we'll, it's going to be cool. We're going to get them on our side, too, with the torture. It's fine. And oh she's like, God. but I'm good, though, right? I, I've been through it. You, I've, I'm I've good. I've been there. Yeah, I'm we should good. be okay, right? And they're like, it's fine. It's fine. Yeah, we're good. <laughs> And so they tell him that they now control half the country by controlling the underground. Um, and then at the end of the episode, we flash over to the Baharuth Empire, where Fluter Paradine, the uh, royal mage of the empire, the baddest caster that has ever lived, ever, able to cast the highest tiers of magic as far as humans go, clearly. Um, and he has a great understanding of magic and is like a magic otaku. He just wants to see more and more. The abyss of magic. He wants to see it all. And this guy is probably as crazy as Princess Renner is. Oh, probably. He's a, he's a, um, he's an old fascination man. fascination and love for magic. Lunatic. But he's he his understanding of magic is such that he realizes that this powerful magic caster, Ainz, probably is stronger than him. And he tells the emperor that. He's like, he's, as far as I can tell... He's better than me. So we should probably just not mess with him, I'm telling you, buddy. Because Fluter is their secret weapon, not their secret weapon. He's their trump card. Their trump card, yeah. The em- nobody messes with the Empire because, because Fluter exists. Of, because of his, his control over magic. Yeah. And I, I like this last episode at the end of season two that goes into a nice beginning of season three. Because, um, oh, well, we'll just talk about that when we get to season yeah, three. Because it, it flows. <clears throat> And so what did I say? When was that? That was um, April 4th, 2018 was the last episode. So of uh, season two. Yep. So we'll we'll see. Yeah. You next- April 4th, 2018. We'll see you next time as we bounce right into season three and uh, more and more intrigue, politicking good times. Yep. Keep listening, guys. It gets better. Thank you for joining me on this episode of the Isekai Pod. I hope you enjoyed it. Follow the podcast on Twitter at Isekai Pod. Find us online at isekaipod.com. And subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcast. You'll hear from me again real soon. Unless you get trapped in a parallel world. Sayonara. Sayonara.